Welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren in Christ Sermon Series. Bonjour, bienvenue la série de sermons de Harrisburg Brethren in Christ, where our vision is to be a thriving, diverse, urban church sharing Christ's love and serving the needs of our local and global communities. Here's an example of what you'll hear. If God was powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead, he's powerful enough to break these chains of addiction on me. He's powerful enough to break the generational curses in my family. He is powerful enough to stop the senseless violence in Harrisburg. I'm telling you this morning the incredible truth that Jesus Christ is crazy about you. Helping each other to experience God's love, God's power, God's healing. Helping to change one another's lives. Church can continue to be a place, or church can continue to become a people, my people. Let's pray. And now here's this week's sermon. Please check it out. God bless you and take care. Bye. Sister Idotris has uh, been an evangelist for many years. She and her husband Elias have been a part of this church for the last six years. And so uh, I've heard the sermon once. You're going to be blessed. And uh, I give you this sacred microphone and welcome our sister. Oh, come on, give God glory. Come on, get, now y'all that 11 o'clock cue. Come on, give God glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I think the morning people gave God just a little bit more glory than you did, but it's all right. Give him glory, hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. When you've done all that you can stand on his word. When you stood all you can stand, do what you've learned. Remember all you read is true. God will always bring you through in spite of everything you've heard stand on his word I know for sure that life can let you down and those voices in your head start to pound Though there's pain and woe about you Testing everything you've heard When you've done all you can to stand Stand on his word Just like Satan came to Job He's gonna come to you Accusing God Denying that this faith is true Yet in life's darkest trials God understands Trust in His holy word Continue to stand When you've done all you can to stand Stand on His word when you stood all you can stand do what you've learned remember all you read is true god will always 
see you through in spite of everything you've heard stand on his word for every promise in the book is mine i know you know it every chapter every verse every line i am trusting i am trusting in his love divine oh yes i am every promise oh yeah in the book is mine now if you know it from childhood stand up and help me every promise in the book is mine every chapter every verse every chapter every verse every line i am trusting in his love i am trusting in his love divine every promise every one more time every promise in the book every promise in the book is mine every chapter every verse every chapter every verse every line i am trusting in his love divine i am trusting in his love divine every promise in the book every promise in the book is mine now if you believe that put your hands together hallelujah you may have your seat I told Pastor Woody he invited the evangelist because that's who I am. And every promise in the book is mine. Our scripture lesson today will be coming from Luke, the 17th chapter. The 11th through the 19th verse. And it's the story of the 10 lepers. And it reads, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I praise the Lord. My mom is here and my mom is Bart's mom as well. So just, just, just in case you didn't know, my mom and my sister April came and I'm just really excited about that. If you have questions about how Bart and I are related, you can ask him later. Verse 11 says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Jesus could have went from Galilee to Jordan, or he could have went through Samaria, but he went in between the route. 
And on his way in between the route, he was in a place where there was a lot of tension because it was the border. Now, in this place, there was banditry. And that's because when people are poor, people are angry, people are upset, they tend to rob, steal, thieve, break things, and tear up the place. And that's what he would have encountered. So you heard the story about the Good Samaritan and how the robbery took place. So that's basically where Jesus walk, was walking through. This problem exists because when poor people feel vulnerable, or they feel like the, anybody who feels like the judicial system has let them down, they do it as a last resort. If you live through the 60s, you kind of understand tension between people groups. But many of you didn't leave, live through the 60s, so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But if you lived over the last two years, you understand banditry. And, okay, if you still don't get it, just think black lives matter, blue lives matter, you're not my president. All of those protests promote banditry and tension between two people groups. I, it doesn't matter what the people groups are. It's just tension. And I want you to understand that Jesus was walking through a tensed area. But when things are wrong, we all become one. When we get sick, everybody needs a hospital. And I thought about what exactly makes us the same. Well, what makes us the same is we're all born naked. Y'all was born with clothes? <laughs> we pass away in decay. We eat, we drink, we laugh, we pass gas, we feel, we cry, we sleep, and we definitely burp. Y'all just ate Thanksgiving, I know. <laughs> and we wear clothes from time to time. But most of all, when we're sick, we seek help. The ten lepers were no different. Just in ancient times, leprosy carried a stigma. Now, leprosy is just a chronic infectious disease, and it's in humans, and it's caused by a bacteria. For many years, it was mysterious, ooh, and it was, oh, but it's not like that anymore. It's curable. Verse 13 says, and called out in a loud voice, Master, have pity on us. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've been sick before. And I've had to call out to Jesus. But this morning, I'm going to spare you some of the harsh things I would say about leprosy. And I'm going to look at the symptoms, how they affect you. There are so many symptoms of leprosy that we have every day. If you have a sniffle, that's a sign of leprosy. You have a retinal detachment, that's a sign of leprosy. There are a lot of other things that are signs of leprosy, and I'm going to tie them to natural and spiritual leprosy. Jesus was the God of creation, the God through the ages. And because he's all those things, he looks down through time. And as he looks through time, he sees what leprosy really looks like in us and back then. Jesus saw 10 people who had infections. They had symptoms for 5 to 20 years. Now, they had infection for 5 to 20 years, and that's when the symptoms come out. So you can go 5 years, and then you start getting symptoms. Symptoms that cause damage over time. Now, I want you to really understand what kind of symptoms I'm talking about. Jesus saw these people that once had happy homes, 
and had become an empty shell. He saw people that once had family and friends, and now they were alone. He saw people that were hurt and destitute, hungry and poor, physically ill. This is who Jesus saw. Jesus also saw the infection that had turned to symptoms that stops you dead in your tracks. Your infection could go unnoticed years on end. But to tie them together for you, I'm going to give you a leprosy test. The test is simple. If you have, don't raise your hand, don't, don't raise your hand. Don't, don't do it, don't do it. If you have swelling in your hands, your feet, your knuckles, your neck, your back, that's a symptom of leprosy. It's called granuloma, which is inflammation found in many diseases and diseases of the nerves. So right now, your spiritual leprosy say, might say, she is taking too long because she's not going to get done on time. But spiritual leprosy also causes swelling. And you might be thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. You might be a little puffed up in thinking I won't get time, done on time. You don't know. Also, respiratory tract issues, a stuffy nose, nasal passages. But this is where you're natural. That happens naturally to people who have leprosy. But spiritual leprosy allows you to smell the stench of sin on me, but not on you. You can see my wrongdoing, but you can't see your own. The trachea, the windpipe gets blocked. Inflammation stops the airflow. So you can praise God just in church. But when you get home, you can't sing hymns of praise and thanksgiving. Also, the misshapen diaphragm. Now, with a misshapen, misshapen diaphragm, the, the lepers found enough air to say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Have grace. Show grace that unmerited favor. But what happens to us, when we're here, we don't have enough air in our diaphragm to seek the Lord clearly. But when we're home, we have enough air in our diaphragm to argue with our family, to chastise our children incorrectly. We have time to fight with our neighbors. Oh, you parked on my spot. We have time for all of that, but we don't have time to call out to the name of the Lord and say, I want to be saved. I want to be healed. I want to be delivered. I want to be set free. Jesus saw dermatitis and he saw rashes and paralysis. And I don't even want to talk about paralysis because paralysis keep us home. They just keep us home. Every time somebody stays home, they are not sick. Uh, I'm going to leave it. See, I'm an evangelist. Pastor Woody, I told you. Okay. I told you. Okay. Leprosy is what Jesus saw. Jesus saw idolatrous. He sees me in my mess, in my natural leprosy. Leprosy causes Pastor Woody to have a beam in his eye. It causes Pastor Linda to see through a dark, see through a glass darkly and dimly. But when, God, when Christ comes, things are going to change. So getting back to where we need to go from here. Verse 14 says, When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, going to see the priest was real important. 
And it's important to this story because if you go see the priest, you go to the priest, if he sees an old scar, what happened in the, in the Levitical law, he would put you away in isolation for seven days. He would wait for that to turn white and the hair to turn white. Then when you came back, if it was no problem there, he would still put you in isolation for another seven days. So now we're up to 14 days. Then they got to wash your clothes, and you know they was doing that by hand. So it was a while before you become pronounced clean. But the one, one of them, verse 15, said, one of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. Now, noticing you are healed is something special. If Pastor Hank gave me a million dollars, and I thought about this at home. I didn't say this this morning. But you found this treasure in your backyard. It was like just one coin. It was worth billions, and you gave me a million. You really didn't care that much for me, but you gave me a million because you felt sorry for me because I was trying to dig a well. But... But, but I would not just say, thank you, Pastor Hank. I appreciate that. Oh, a million dollars. Oh, are oh, you saw those people when they win those prizes on TV? What's that called? The sweepstakes, the, 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 the publishing clearinghouse. Those people in the door. Oh, 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 oh. I can imagine him coming to Jesus with such thanksgiving and such praise. Now, verse 16 says, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. The book of Luke says that he was a Samaritan, and it points it out because of the tension of the place, because of Gentiles and Jews. And if you think that you're not in the Samaritan family, I just want to tell you that you are. If nobody told you, let me be the first to pronounce that. Because unless you were born a Jew and then became Masonic blood washed, you're a Samaritan. You fall in that Gentile category. So after all of this was said and done, and the man came back, first he threw himself at Jesus' feet. I got to thinking about what did Jesus do there? What he actually did was he broke down some lines. He washed away the Black Lives Matter. He washed away the Blue Lives Matter. He washed away, you're not my president. And what he did was say, all can come to me. Everybody can come to me. I'm not, I'm not going to show no respect. I'm going to heal anybody that comes my way. And we need that kind of healing. Verses 17, 18, and 19, Jesus asks, we're not all tens cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise except this foreigner? Now, the Jews thought the Samaritans were dogs. You know, they, they put them low. And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. What's important about the faith, his faith making him well? Well, Harrisburg, brethren in Christ, we're a group of diverse people. But we're, uh, we're a group, and I'm going to take my time and say this so I don't stumble. We are a group of diverse sinners saved by grace. There's nothing special about us except the Lord has come into our lives and washed us clean. And if you think that you're more than that, I will be bold enough to say you are wrong. The word did not lie. It's because of his grace that we are not consumed. 
So here we find ourselves, blood washed and cleansed. Now, I thought about this story quite a bit. And I thought about the thankful leopard, the one that came back, the one that was happy. And I told uh, uh, Andrea yesterday at my house, I said, if it was me, I would be, thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! I would be just, I, I would just be, woo! Woo! I'm an evangelist. Y'all know I'm loud. I, I would just be, I, it would just be, I, I wouldn't know what to do. But in the same token, the same leopard threw himself at the feet of Jesus. The same leopard probably shed many tears. So there's room for all the ways we want to say thank you. You don't have to be loud as me just because I'm loud. But all I want you to do is be able to tell the Savior, thank you, hallelujah. Now, my thinking about the Samaritan was this. He knew he was a leper. He knew that Jesus had healed him. He knew he was thankful, but that was just a part of it. The other nine they wanted to go back to their family. They wanted to go through the process. Now, some theologians think he came back to Jesus because he didn't have nowhere to go because the Jewish priest couldn't pronounce him clean. I said, there had to be, there had to be Samaritan priests. They said, oh, well, he came back to Jesus because Jesus wanted to point it out that everybody comes, can come to him. I said, that's good. He said, they said he came back to Jesus. Somebody said, because he didn't have nowhere else to go. I said, well, you know, that could be. But I think it's a lot more than that. I think he came back to Jesus because he knew at the feet of Jesus he could get it all. If Jesus could heal him on the way, that's just an appetizer. But if I come to the table, I can get it all. Not just a part, but I can have the whole thing. My name is Idotris Regina Joseph, and I'm married to Elias Dacus Joseph for almost 32 years. Uh, this year will be 32 years. And uh, when I want to eat, I grab my utensils from the drawer, my napkin from the counter, my plate from the cupboard, my food from the pot, and I go sit down at the table because every time I want to eat, he's not home. And I ain't about to wait till he get there. Oh, I know some of y'all are deep and y'all just wait. But no, I get some food on. What am I going to do at lunchtime? He working all day. I need to eat. But I'm ending with this story. It would behoove you to grab a seat at the table. It would be good for you to do this. Because you don't want just the bones that, you know, a pet gets every now and then. You want to come to the table. And that's why I'm going to tell you this story about my daughter. My daughter's name is Idotris Joy Joseph. And when she was a toddler, she liked liver. And so when I would be front, oh, see, I saw the faces already. You just started. I just started the story. You won't let me tell it. Okay. When she liked liver. Don't worry, Pastor, Pastor Woody showed out in the first service about liver. But you got to accept it. It's a real liver story. My baby liked liver. And so when I would fry the liver, before I would put the, the onions and the gravy in the pan, 
I would take out a hot piece, wrap it up in a paper towel, because I don't do that grease thing. Wrap it in a paper towel, sop off that grease, and give it to her, and she would waddle off. And sometimes, if she was really hungry, I would find her at the table. Now, because at the table, she knew she could find her plate, her food cut into bite-sized pieces. She could find her cup. It was a small cup, but didn't have no lid. Her dad didn't play that. She had to learn to do it right. Full-size silverware because her father was French. Her father's Frenchman at heart. And that etiquette thing, he did. He wasn't playing with it. He was serious about it. And she knew at her table, she could eat her liver there, but the real food was going to come. And she would find a, 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 her napkin. She would find her bread that she could break into pieces and count. But most of all, at the table, she could ask for more. If she didn't get full, she could ask for more. And so I would say that the leper, this is my interpretation of the story. All that thankful stuff is wonderful because y'all you know, know I'm thankful. At the 31 surgeries, I'm real thankful. But I believe that the leper came back to Jesus and threw himself at the feet. All those other things, yes. But at Jesus' feet, he didn't just get the appetizer. He could ask for more. And people believe, meaning people, theologians, they actually believe that Jesus gave him commendation, which means praise for coming back. Jesus gave him the totality, the essence of who he could be in Christ Jesus. So I would tell you today, as communion is served, I want you to do what I'm doing. I did it this morning. I'm going to do it again. And I'll do it the next time we have communion, and the next time, and the next time, and the next time. I come to the table, and I take the bread, I take the cup, I bow my head, and I repent. I repent for what I did yesterday, what I did a few minutes ago, if I said something in the hall, because I want to come to the Lord clean. And he washes away our sins continually. I didn't say that you're no longer saved by grace, but it's nice to be washed. And he washes you clean over and over again. And I repent for my sins. And then I take the communion. And after communion, I come to God. And I say, I want more, Lord. I want more. Our pastor is coming. So if you want more, when the altar's open, come on, get some more from Jesus.